Hello and welcome to the Managing Madrid podcast. Real Madrid completed this Wednesday one of the worst performances I've ever seen in a football pitch. Well, Borussia Dortmund got a 4-1 win that gives them half a ticket to the Wembley final. Not even one player contributed as a specter, other than maybe Diego Lopez and, and Contrao, in my opinion. We'll talk about this match today with, with Jared. How are you, man? I've been better. I've been much better. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. And Chris, how are you? <laughs> Same here. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I don't know what to say, but uh, as I said, this has been one of the one of the toughest defeats to swallow as a as a Madridista. Even tougher than to me, even tougher than the five zero against Barcelona, probably. But we're gonna we're Real Madrid, and I'm sure the players will try to to come back next Tuesday. So first, uh, I need to open this podcast with a yes or no question. Chris, is it possible? It is possible. Improbable, yes. Uh, but it, it is possible. It is possible. I think Mourinho summed it up best. He said, you know, it's this is going to sting for a while, but in a day or so, in those players' minds and in everyone else's, I think we'll regain some positivity and try to find a way to tackle it. Okay, Chris said yes. So, Jared? Yes, possible, yes. Um, it's, an uphill, it's an uphill battle. It, it, for me, it depends who's on the pitch on Tuesday. I still feel like Dortmund's vulnerable at the back. You know, 90 minutes in the Bernabeu is a long time. So, yes, it is possible. It's not likely, but it is possible. Okay, so you, you both said it is possible. So now you give me a, a you know, a percentage of, of probability. Percentage. Come on. Um, I'll go. I'll go. Wow, this is just depressing saying. I'll go 20%. All right. No, Chris? no, no. I'll go thirty. Thirty. Oh wow! 30%. Wow. <laughs> I'm starting yeah. to get to get encouraged, you know. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> well, what do you think? Well, I'd say we have about ten times better of a chance of advancing than Barcelona, but that's only a ten percent chance. I'll give Barcelona one percent. I'll give us a ten, which you know, it's it's not terrible. It's still possible. It's obviously going to be very difficult, and there's a lot of things that have to really fall in place in a certain way, obviously, for that to happen. Yeah, I personally believe that we have that we need to score in the first half an hour. If we don't, if we don't score a goal in the first half an hour, I, I even believe that the players will, you know, will throw the towel and everything. So, I think if we can go to the halftime with a two-nil score, Borussia's players are young, are you know, that they don't have much experience and anything. So, if Real Madrid got a, a two-nil, even one-nil lead one at halftime. I'll take one-nil at halftime, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take that also. I think we'll be in a pretty good position. But, of course, uh, you know, the, the necessary thing, we'll need to, to keep a clean sheet. So, the, uh, the, the first thing that needs to, to improve is, uh, is the defense. Okay, guys, so yesterday's game, of course, awful performance for from the team, but... To me, Borussia's key, even other than Lewandowski, who scored four goals, and I mean, he was he was unbelievably good. I I I never knew he was going to be that good, and I I don't think that's his true level neither. So, uh, Gundogan really impressed me. What do you guys think about his game, Jared? What do you think? I think he's good. I think he's tidy on the ball. He works hard defensively. He's kind of, I know he reminds me of a little bit of like a Jao Moutinho, but he plays a little bit deeper. I don't know. He's he's fiery in midfield. He's combative. He's great with both feet. I mean, he's not a Santi Casorla where he's like oh, ambidextrous, yeah. but he's you know he's very good with both feet. He's an accomplished passer. He's a good player. But um, for me, Goetz is still the pick out of all the players in Dortmund. Really? Not necessarily by his performance, but just in terms of skill, level, ability, potential. I think Goetz and Marco Royce are head and shoulders above Lewandowski and the rest. 
Yeah, of course, definitely. But to me, Gundogan is the is a player that Real Madrid should look for, you know, because he's he's that kind of player that I think will fit in the in the in the tactics in the tactical system that Mourinho is implementing. So I, I was watching for for Gundogan's game very closely, and I think he really impressed me, really for for sure. Chris, what do you think about this game? Uh, Gundogan, st- he stuck out to me too. I mean, he. He was he was remarkable. I think it was mentioned earlier. This this game was just so, such a running into a bus because I think Dortmund played well above the level that you can expect them consistently. We played well yeah. beyond ours. It was just a really horrible cataclysmic storm of things. But if you want to talk about individuals, yeah, Gundogan was great. I think, and I've and I've had the thought in my mind before tonight today's last night's game about him, you know, we talked a little bit about him, maybe uh, Alonzo replacement, he's always in discussion, and he did nothing but impress me. I mean, he's more mobile, neat and tidy, and he's got the passing range, and he's very, I was impressed with how decisive he was. No hesitation, and he was great vision, and he re- he got things going well for them. And they've got a lot of great individuals who, like I said, played above probably their level, They're all great guys, great players, and, you know, they caught us on a day where we were not at our best either my yeah. only note my only note for deep lying Dortmund playmakers is I don't want us to fall into another Nuri Sahin trap because yeah. he was the replacement for Sahin and we all know what happened with Sahin so I, don't, but, I, mean, but I think it's very different though than Sahin yeah I agree I agree with Chris because uh, even I and I think Sahin was a really great fit for Real Madrid but he got injured you know he got hurt he was a great fit he's talented he's still I just yeah yeah, he's, not, he, he's not you, Alonso. Yeah, you can you can control those things. You can control that the guy comes here for a very cheap price, reasonable price. He's going to fit for sure, and he broke his knee. You know, you can control those things. These these things happen, and this is football. You know, and I th- I really think Sahin was was a great signing for us, and I don't think he. He he never had the chance to 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 play well, not in not in Real Madrid and not in Liverpool neither. But I th- I really think Sahin was a was a good player for us before he had he got hurt the second time. That's and the to best me, player in Germany. Yeah 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 of course and he but to me I I never saw Sahin playing at the level Gundogan perform in the first twenty thirty minutes yesterday. Really I I was really impressed with with, with Gundogan. I was really impressed by by his game. He got, it's true that Real Madrid gave him freedom because n- no player was working on him. But Gundogan to me really excelled, and of course everybody was expecting a lot from from Lewandowski, Götze, and Royce, who are the you know the three key players of of Borussia. But without Gundogan yesterday, I think Real Madrid doesn't lose uh, for one. That's to me one of the one of the keys to the game. Okay, we ended the first half with. Uh, with a 1-1 in the scoreboard, and that was a, a, an amazing result for us if the if the match ended la, uh, that way. And what happened in the second half? Tell me, guys, give me some insight. Did you see any tactical changes in Dortmund or in Real Madrid that led to the to the three goals by Lewandowski in, in just 45 minutes? What did what did you guys saw? Well, in terms of leading up to the goals, I just point out just bad defending, just terrible, terrible defending, and a little bit of bad luck on our end. I mean, Royce's scuff shot just happens to fall into Lewandowski, and he's and he, and he slots it in near post. That's a great finish, but that's pretty fortunate. And then the one where I don't know who got who had the block, but it was a huge deflection. It goes right to Lewandowski. Great pullback, 
and finish like to go around Pepe. Yeah, but the, still, the, those are two very fortunate situations. The way the way it came to be. Yeah, but, but did you see that pullback from Lewandowski? Wow, oh, the pullback was brilliant. The pullback. I mean, he's got great touch on the ball. He's got great feet, and he's what he's what I call clinical. He's a clinical finisher. He gets a chance and he takes it. But yeah. when you when you play those back and you look at it, I think for the second goal. Ozil didn't challenge in the air, and it was pretty much just a touchback for Royce, and Royce scuffed the shot, but still nobody challenged. And then it was a poor block, a poor block on that goal where Lewandowski had that brilliant pullback. So I feel like we did contribute to it, but at the same time, it's just the, the unfortunate bounce of the ball. I could see that, that you know, your opinion when when you say that we contributed. Mourinho said that also, that you know, we, Real Madrid coaching staff started Lewandowski's game and everything. But the thing is, our goal also was so terrible. You know, it came off a really huge mistake by Matt Hummels that, yeah. I mean, we can expect that to happen again. And we, we didn't even create more danger other than, than a Cristiano Ronaldo free kick and Baran's uh, chance at the at the last minute. So, of course, we, we, we let them, we, we played terribly on defense, but, I mean, our goal came also in in very similar circumstances. Chris, uh, what happened in your in the second half, in your opinion? Well, I, I felt at halftime watching it, I felt I just felt fortunate for that it was one yeah. one. Obviously, for what you mentioned, but it was, our goal came from a mistake of theirs. But I think in those last ten minutes of the first half, I started to see a little bit of a shift when. You know, and obviously Dortmund, just like in the group stages, they did try to do it again last night. You try to mark Xabi Alonso's influence out of the game, and I think in the last ten minutes of the first half was the really the first time when he maybe got a little more space and time to do what he does. And I thought maybe we could build on that going in the second half. But then they went to the locker room, and Dortmund was the proactive team coming out of the yeah. locker room. They, I mean, they. I think Klopp really got into him in the first at, at halftime and, to, and got him to go back to what was working for him in the first half. And their intensity picked up back to where it was in the start of the second half. And we just, for the life of us, could not match that intensity at all. Yeah, you're right. Uh, do, you, do you think the Varane and Pepe partnership can work? <laughs> Based on yesterday's game and, and you know the, late game, the later games when, when they've played together? I mean, I think it can work. I think that the Varane-Ramos partnership is better because then you get Ramos's distribution at the back. When you have Pepe and Varane back there, they're not necessarily going to you know, pass between the lines and be able to hit Ozil in space where Ramos can do that. But, I mean, people say Pepe's to blame for the first goal or that, and that great cross, but I feel that's more Ramos didn't step, didn't, didn't yeah. get pressure on the ball. It was a brilliant cross, and for me... This might be a little bit critical, but for me, it got so deep into the six-yard box where I feel like Lopez is slightly responsible. I feel like uh. he could have got a touch. It was a brilliant cross, though. So for me, it's not Pepe or Lopez, but it was very deep in the six-yard box. You can't expect a center back to be to turn around and beat a center forward to the ball when the center forward's coming onto it. I mean, that, if he had cleared that, that would have been an insane, I don't know, yeah, I see Navarro that. bicycle kick type clearance. It just... It was a brilliant cross, great finish. Yeah, the, maybe he could have done better. Yeah, the thing about the cross is that is that it had too much curve, you know. So yeah, if it was if it was a straight on, of course it was a Diego Lopez ball, but you know it started uh, maybe ten yards away from the from the goal and ended six yards when Lewandowski Lewandowski had it. So 
Yeah, to me, it, it it's not about Lopez, not not about Pepe in the first goal, but Pepe to me completed one of his worst games as a yeah, as a Madridista. He, he wasn't impressive. Yeah, yeah, no, not at all. I mean, yeah, to me, he was one of the one of the worst Real Madrid players on the pitch yesterday. I mean, of course he gave it all, and you can. In this case, you can. I, I don't think you can blame his attitude in this. In, the, in this, in Pepe's case, uh, I, maybe you can do it on Ramos. Maybe you can do it on on Xavi Alonso as well. But I don't think Pepe's attitude is to blame. But his 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 football level is because to me the, he this partnership won't work, and not because the passing that you mentioned earlier is is all a matter of Pepe is not comfortable playing on the left. To me. Uh, I I don't see him playing playing there anymore. Chris, what do you think about this? Yeah, I, I was maybe a little more optimistic than you guys probably were with the Ron Pepe partnership. But in big game last night proved to me in big games that's just not that's not where you should be going. I think yeah, definitely Veron and Ramos they complement each other much better as a center back pairing. You know, it, the state of it is now as crazy it is as it would have been to say this at the beginning of the season. But the state of the center backs now is Veron. You're well, he just turned 20 today. Happy birthday, but probably yeah. not too happy. Um, <laughs> the state of it is he's left to be the one, the, the heady one, to cover for maybe the aggressiveness and could clean up after you know what goes on in front of him, whether it's Pepe or Ramos. And for Varane, I, I thought a lot about this today and last night after the game. And for him to be this kind of transcending kind of superstar. Exactly center defender that we kind of are almost half expecting of him already because how well he's done so how well he's done at such a young age I think I'm not worried about him and his physical attributes and what he does on the field I think the next step for him to take and I'll preface it by saying it's very unfair to ask this of a 20 year old but he well him what he needs to be and Real Madrid need him to be is a leader like a, a general on the back line because that's what I think that's what we've been what we missed and it was obvious last night I mean we talk about individually this team is great I mean you know on an individual level the guys are great but whether it's through management but or on the field really probably a little bit of both there there has to be a better cohesion about about how we how we defend for one because that's the glaring issue with that was the glaring issue last night but so for Varane you know like I said it's a lot to ask of him but I think if he's going to be that next kind of superstar that you know lifts our defensive levels to a respectable level again, he's got a he's got he's got time. He's young. I said, like I said, but I think that's where he has to take his next steps because I'm I'm not worried about him physically. He's got all the tools. Um, leadership, really, proactiveness is what I'm is what I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got you, but to me, Baran showed in this Champions League, in this last Champions League tie, that he's not ready yet. I mean, I'm not worried about his future. I'm not. Wor- I'm. I'm not saying that we should sell him even for 40 million euros, not 50 either, because I. I, I believe he's going to be the best center back in the world. Like, but- yeah, I completely trust him too. I'm just. I think that's where the development of his game to take it to the next level. Oh, he's got to yeah. get a little more bigger physically, but that's fine. He's 20 years old. He's got time to do that and time to grow into a more leadership role. Yeah, I don't think he's mentally ready to play to play these big matches. He Drogba got into him in the first in the second 
leg of the of the Galatasaray tie and Lewandowski destroyed him in in the group stage and destroyed him yesterday and he's not to blame come on he he, he turned 20 today and Lewandowski showed uh, he, he showed one of the you know he displayed one of the best performances we've seen in the Champions League history probably so his Baran is not to blame I don't think I'm not worried about Baran's future but to me he's not ready yet to start this kind of games and if Madrid wants if Madrid finally gets to the final to me Varane is not ready to start it yet right. but I think what makes that so difficult in Mourinho's mind is that I think he knows like the rest of us know that he he still is somehow our best central defender you know and but he's got to take into account his age and his you know how ready he is like I said he he wasn't really at fault personally for anything that's happened he's no. just had to go against Drogba Schneider and then Lewandowski's performance from last night I think it'll I mean, it's a great experience to have under your belt at such a young age, but, you know, something he'll certainly learn from, but we've still got a long way to go, obviously. Yeah, Jared, give me your thoughts about Baran. Well, I think, I mean, he's a future, future centre-back for Madrid, whether Ramos leaves or stays, I mean, we'll see, but I feel like Varane is the future. He's, he's a star in the making. I, I don't know if he's going to be a Thiago Silva type who, you know, brings the ball to the back, but in terms of defensive abilities i see i see no ceiling for veron yeah. he's he's too fast he's strong for 20 years old i know chris you said he can he can get a little more muscle which is true but he's still strong as is he's he is. fast he's fast he's, he's the fastest over center his, back he's the fastest I've center back i've ever seen, i've ever yeah, i don't even know face back there maybe yeah. maybe luis perea i mean he oh, wow he could, yeah he could he could run with the best of them i mean he was a track sprinter for the yeah. most part but but in terms of veron yeah he's got He's got good quickness as well as genuine pace. I mean, he's good in the air. He's a he's a threat from set pieces as well. So I feel like defensively he has all the the characteristics. The one thing I want to see with him is taking a little less risk when he when he's going back to his own goal. I feel like sometimes he tries to be like Ramos and and knock it off the opposition and get a free, and get a free kick or or get a a throw in when just putting it out of play would be the safer bet. And I feel like that just kind of comes with experience, with what you were saying, Lucas. Just some experience yeah. that when he's when he's heading back to his own goal, just clear and regroup from there. The whole trying to win a win a throw in or win a goal kick is unnecessary and can put us under unnecessary pressure at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. And the thing is, Pep played yesterday because Arbeloa did a silly thing in the in the second in the second leg of the Galatasaray tie. To me, Arbeloa needs to to take some blame for you know it, 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 it's just crazy to see a professional player doing that kind of thing to a referee when you have a yellow card and you know you're already in the in the semifinals i know i know galatasaray was kind of pressing real madrid a little bit i know the crowd was really intense but come on you you, you need to calm down and and make sure you you don't commit silly things because arbeloa's absence yesterday was Simply terrible for Real Madrid. What do you make out of Ar- Arbeloa's mistake in in the second leg of Galatasaray? Do you think it was that important yesterday against Borussia? Jared? What do you think? I think it was important. I think we missed Arbeloa right back just for you know his tactical awareness. Ramos is a is a, is a solid center back. He's a good center back, but in terms of right back, he's just something about the way that he lunges into challenge at challenges at right back does not fit as well as a center back because when he's next to Varane he's there to make the initial pressure he's always the first man stepping up and Varane's the cover but at right back when you miss that challenge you have to draw Varane outside of out from his center back position 
then it creates a whole everybody shifting over contrast to come inside. And then without Ronaldo coming down to help, it just puts us in a vulnerable position. So Ramos at right back, I know it was makeshift, but it just wasn't the same as having Arbelo there who's a little more defensive and, and solid for me, consistent. Yeah, so, Chris. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. You're... I just feel you can't really blame Arbelo. I feel like it was oh, really? a really I feel like for the referee, that's a ridiculous back to back no, no, yellow card. I, I can agree with that's you. That's a ridiculous back to back yellow card. I mean, in for the situation, I feel like it was just a, a little bit of a of a blood blood rushing to the head type of moment. I mean, if you step back and look at it, it's just is that necessary back to back yellow cards? I don't even know how much time was No, 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 of course. I mean, the the referee was probably, you know, tough on Arbeloa, but Arbeloa Arbeloa can give the ref can give the referee the chance to, to send him to send him off, you know. If if true. you don't, if you don't give him the the chance, he he won't send you off. So uh, to me, Arbeloa is really to blame for his for his second yellow card. Of course, the referee was rough on him, but to me, Arbeloa is to blame not only because of his yellow card, but also in some of the, you know, consequently in some of the of Borussia's goals yesterday because Ra Ramos terrible pl uh, uh, performance in the in the right back. I mean, Ramos wouldn't have played with, with Arbeloa ready, you know. Can you, Chris, what do you think about about Arbeloa as a whole after this after right. this Borussia win? Well, I think I would agree with both of you that it's silly for Arbeloa to give the referee the opportunity to make that decision. I mean, I think it was a soft decision, but you. Still, you can't give you can't give him the opportunity. I mean, exactly. I mean, and it obviously hurt us. Now, I don't, I don't, I'm not to say we would not have won the match yesterday if he'd have been in. But no. it's a much. It could have potentially, you know, who knows how it shakes out. But just little individual things, if like little, if you, little individual moments from individual players could have really shaped this. Going back to the Bernabeu very differently. Right now, it's four one. I mean, if if you Maybe Arbeloa is in there instead of Ramos. He closes down the cross better, and then maybe it's not Pepe trying to mark Lewandowski on the cross. You know, maybe you can rule that out as a goal. I mean, but outside of that, Xabi Alonso's just mauling down the guy from behind in the box to give up a, a penalty. You know, maybe that doesn't go, and it could be potentially a very different feel and look to the game coming back now, and just from just from small individual moments like that. But going back to Arbeloa, yeah, you can't. You just can't give the referee the opportunity, and it it it, it hurt his team. It cost us. I mean, makeshift back line. Maybe who knows? We could have dealt individually yeah. a little better than we did. Yeah. To me, then to make th things clear, to me, Borussia's first goal, at least the cross, doesn't happen with Arbelo on the pitch. Yeah, you think? That's yes, my opinion. I agree. I agree. You're, you're Ramos not, was too, Ramos was too slow to see the situation. Yeah, he didn't he's, step quick enough. Yeah, he stays still. And with with his arm raised, asking for 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 offside, which is not offside, by the way. And to me, that doesn't happen with Arbeloa really, because Ramos, even Ramos, will have played in in Pepe's position, and maybe he he could have marked Lewandowski in better, you know. And to me, football is a is a matter of details, and and that would have been a, a really huge detail if Borussia doesn't score that first goal. Okay, we cover our right back a little bit, and now okay, we we knew that Di Maria had personal issues. You know, his for those of you that doesn't know, uh, his wife gave birth to a premature child, uh, seven months I think it was. So uh, it seems that both of them are are okay right now. But he flew back to to Dortmund on on Wednesday morning, and you know maybe he wasn't ready enough to play in this kind of 
game and start this kind of game, as I should say. So Modric start started in in his place, even though he we ended up start uh, playing with a four three three formation in the first half. So what did what do you guys think about Modric Modric's game as a whole, and you know the tactical approach that Mourinho did when with Di Maria not being able of starting Jared? I think I think. <sighs> Unfortunately, with the situation with Di Maria, like, of course we have to respect yeah. you know, his personal life and what's going on, and I completely understand the situation. Um, but not having him was just a huge blow. I cannot understate enough the difference with Di Maria in a big game against a team like Dortmund and having Modric and Ozil. It just completely changes the dynamic of the team. And for me, I was surprised to not see Di Maria on at halftime. I really thought after halftime, you know, He's fit enough to play 45 minutes or else he wouldn't even have been on, on the bench. But I feel like we really needed him, his pace, and his ability to work up and down. I mean, as, as all of you guys know, I'm one of Di Maria's biggest proponents as to, in terms of in the big games, you mm-hmm. need wingers who are going to go up and down. That's how Munich was so successful. They had Robin and Ribéry going up and down totally. against Barca. And you, you have to have that, that type of work rate from your wide players. And with Ozil, I love Ozil. He's a brilliant genius. But when he's pushed out wide to the right, first of all, he's more predictable because he's going to come inside and try to find a pass that cuts across the grain. But he doesn't provide you that width, and he's not going to track back like Di Maria. And I felt like against a team that presses as high as Dortmund, but also in the way that they press in packs, it's always two. It's one guy pressing, and the next guy is covering, but he's, he's more of a cover pressure than just a cover player, like the way we kind of play defense. So they, 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 they attack the ball in packs, and the way to get out of it is quick one-two passing and then a direct switch. But with Modric and Ozil in there, we just didn't really have the skill players as well as the electric pace to counterattack their counters. And I feel like Iguain, I'm sure we'll get to him later, was another you know unfortunate piece to that puzzle. I felt like Benz was much better when he was in there, and I feel like Benz was a better fit for this type of, this type of tactical setup that Dortmund employed. Yeah, Chris, what about Modric and, and Di Maria? What do you think? Well, I think I can under I can see where Mourinho thought he would get this right with Modric's inclusion. I have to assume Di Maria he could have started him if he really wanted to, just because although he didn't really come, uh, given how the game went, he probably should have brought him on much sooner than he did. But I would assume he could have been more available to start. But I can see where Mourinho was going with Modric. He we knew Dortmund was going to press him really tight on the flanks and in, especially in the midfield. And he wanted Modric to be quick and tidy outlet for Xabi Alonso, who's exactly. going to get marked out. And frankly, Modric, he just he didn't perform his duty well enough at all for that for that strategy to have worked. You know, with Di Maria in there instead, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But with him in there instead, I think like with Jared said, you could have probably played your way out of their press a little better, just given. You know the width of Di Maria as an option, as well as Ronaldo on the other side. Quick one-two passing, and then you know Di Maria, he's he can hit a switch pretty well. He can go all the way across the field if he can get his head up and see you know Ronaldo with a little bit of space all the way on the opposite wing after you break out of their pressure. So I mean I can see why Modric was included in that role, but just like everyone else, he just didn't he just didn't execute it well enough for it to work. Yeah, I feel really bad trying to 
it seems like I'm trying to make excuses for for Modric all the time, and don't get me wrong, it's not because I, I like him or yeah, I, I don't have a, I don't have a picture with him or anything. But I mean, Modric was substituted against against Betis because of a small injury, so I'm not sure whether he was 100% fit to you know to play against this quick pace that Dortmund <laughs> forced Real Madrid to play you know to me I don't think Modric was if you see if you saw Messi playing against Bayern de Munich I think Modric was a very similar case to to Messi you know they they weren't ready but their teams needed them so I I'm, I'm not so sure about Modric's responsibility on on the team's failure because to me he wasn't ready. To me that the blame should lay more on on Xavi Alonso, maybe Kadira, even though we know Kadira is not that kind of player that should you know break Borussia's pressure or anything. So to me, uh, Xavi Alonso was the one that you know kind of let let Madrid down if if, if you know what I mean. Well, what, what do you guys well, what think? Did, what did you guys think of Kadir's performance? Because for me, like I'm a big <sighs> Kadir fan, but th- this was the performance that really kind of showed me the difference between a Sammy Kadira, who is a world-class defensive midfielder, and a Yaya Toure, a Javi Martinez, exactly. and a Daniele De Rossi. The three, the three for me, the, and Vidal and Pogba in the future, but a little bit early. But those kind of three, four guys are for me, are the elite defensive midfielders. And the, and the reason they are the best in the world is that they can also keep possession. Kadira is very negative with his passing. He, even, I feel like he even doubts his own touch on the ball. And you can see yeah. it. Every time the ball goes in, he's looking to pass back or to pass sideways. But what makes those three or four guys I mentioned the best is that they're comfortable enough on the ball to keep possession flowing and to keep the offensive yeah. rhythm. Every time it comes to Kadira the offensive attack comes to a stop. It just goes to a standstill and we have to regroup. Yeah. But And, and you saw that, uh, when Kadira got dispossessed in midfield, they almost scored on a quick lightning counterattack. And I feel like with a Yaya Toure, with a Daniela De Rossi-type player who can help Alonso you know, shield the, back, shield the back four but also play out the back, it would just be another added dimension to Madrid that I would like to see in the future. Yeah, to me, Jared... I, I would agree with your, you know, with compa- with your comparisons only with Jayatouré and, and Martinez. To me, Vidal is not close to to Kedira. I know he's impressing in the in the Serie A. I know he's scoring goals, but to me, he's not close to to Kedira. You know, uh, he doesn't he doesn't sit as much. For me, it's more De Rossi, De Rossi, Toure, and wow, Martinez. but, but yeah, but De, De Rossi is is to me much more defensive than uh, much more defensive midfielder than Kedira. The thing is, Kedira. Is is very you know he can he can do both things he can help the team offensively a little bit and he can help the team defensively a little bit also to me the Rossi can can help the team defensively a lot but n- not a single thing offensively so to me Kadir is really valuable but I I know what you're saying when you know I know what you're saying when you compare him to to Yaya Toure but the thing is Yaya Toure gets gets paid 11 million euros a year so <laughs> yeah very true. Yeah, Chris, what what did you think about Kadira? I answer Jared's question. I think it's very interesting. Yeah, Kadira, first half he was the he was the one who really stuck out to me as the 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 poorest, really. But you know, Kadira, the value he brings to a team, you know, it's not always as you know you don't always cannot you can't always identify it as easily when he does make a mistake. I appreciate you know he does all the dirty work, and we know that that is very valuable and needed in there. 
But I mean, like you guys said, we all knew this about Kadir going in. He's exactly. not the most comfortable on the ball. So, I mean, we don't expect it from him. But Dortmund, I don't think we helped ourselves. We, I don't know how many times I saw in the first half the ball get played to Kadir in tight spaces to begin with. And, you know, in the situations he was in, it was going to take somebody with some good technical ability and touch to be able to play themselves out. And we all know he doesn't have it. And so they, I mean, they preyed upon that weakness like they should have. You know, like I said, we don't expect that from him. And it's not necessarily disappointing because we know he's not that kind of player. Now, he, like, I think, like you said, Lucas, he can, he can give you a little bit going forward. I think in the, very late minutes there. He had the little quick touch to Ronaldo that almost put him in. Yeah. Weidenfeller, you know, was quick off his line and just made a better play. Yeah. So he, he, he does contribute a little bit when he gets forward and his willingness to get forward and his license to get forward. Like he's pressing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's given a little bit of an extra dimension to the attack. Um, he recovers but, the ball, the ball really for, uh, really you know, really up on the pitch to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He gets forward and he can win the ball up there and he can make a few quick little touches, but when he's back in that midfield area, when it's really when it's dangerous, if you lose the ball, it's much more dangerous to lose it in midfield than up at yeah. the the opponent's eighteen yard box. That's when his weakness really yeah. sticks out. You know. Yeah, I agree. Let's do one round of, of opinions about Higuain and, and Benzema. Jared introduced this topic a little bit earlier, but I think we should cover it a little bit better. Higuain, nine goals in 47 games in the in 47 Champions League games with the team. And, of course, he brings a lot of things to the team in these kind of matches, like pressing down the defense and hustling, maybe, of course, more than, than Benzema, who is a little bit more cold-blooded. And but you know his his this rate I said it's to me it it, it is an, unacceptable for a Real Madrid forward. What do you guys think about Higuain? I just don't think it was the match for him to be honest. I feel like a team that presses as much and with as much intensity as Dortmund, you want a center forward who's comfortable on the ball, and that's Benzema, and that's just Benz. That, that's the kind of player he is. He's a player blessed with good touch for a, a big strong center forward. And when he was on for the few minutes that he got to see. He was good. He had a couple of good touches. He worked a couple of good one-twos around the corner. And that's what released us into a little bit of space. And you could see with Benz there and his his kind of understanding with Ozil and Ronaldo, you get that one-two and then you see Dortmund overcommit and then you have a little bit of break of space. But with Higuain, he's a much more direct, straightforward type of player. He was just dispossessed. There was a couple of times where I could see it happening, you know, like 20 seconds before before the fact, you could see you could see Gun- Gundogan and Peace Check closing closing down, and it's like okay, well he's going to get dispossessed, and that's what happened. It just mm-hmm. wasn't the team for him. And I know the the Champions League statistics very much favor Benz over Iguain. I mean, I'm not the biggest Iguain fan, but I can see how against certain teams he could be a good option. Okay, Jared. Before I had the the question to to Chris, let me ask you. You know. You said that Iwain wasn't fit for well, wasn't a good fit against Borussia Dortmund. Now, don't you think Iwain is the better striker Real Madrid has to play with a counter-attacking style? Don't you think Real Madrid maybe was trying to play with counter-attacks and and then that's why Mourinho decided to to start the Argentinian striker? What what do you think? Well, I think he started. I think the reason he started Iwain is because he's been in better overall form. And Ben's picked up a couple like niggles on the weekend. I was just getting concerned. He, he was getting 
hit late a little bit. He got stepped on a couple of times. So I feel like that's more the reason why Iguain started. But against a team like Dortmund, yes, you can play a counterattacking game, but they're a counterattacking team too, and they're, they're all about quick transitions. So the, yeah. the way to exploit them is to get them on the counter, but to gain possession very quickly when they're transitioning and you get a 4-on-4 or a 4-on-3 situation. And I just don't feel like, like Iguain has enough skill to get us into those type of situations where we can release pressure and go. Because people talk about, okay, against a team with a high line, you play balls over the top. But you can only play balls over the top when you have time and space to pick out those passes. And the brilliance to Klopp's tactical arrangement is that everyone presses with such intensity and such, and such ferocity that you don't have time to pick out the 60-yard the, the pass over the top. You just, don't, you just simply don't have time. I can't remember Modric having enough time and space to, to, to even hit Iguain over yeah. the top of Hummels. So the way, to, the way to beat Dortmund specifically and the way that they're actually tactically constructed is to have Benz up there, one, two around the corner, and then make the switch. That's where you can actually really exploit them. And I see just watching Dortmund play Munich, that's kind of the way Munich was able to do that. They had Javi Martinez, so they were also a little bit better in possession, which I think is very important against yeah. a team like Dortmund. But it's all about being able to work out of tight spaces. Okay, Chris, Benzema against Iguain, who gets the edge on you? Well, I'll get to that real quick. Just when uh, Jared brought up Dortmund's ability to press ferociously, the difference between you know Dortmund who's and Bayern probably, who at least at the moment, who'd be appear to be a tier above us and you know maybe a Barcelona, you know, they press all as one unit. I mean, yeah. we've got guys. We got. I mean, we we press the ball, but. We don't press at anything like Dortmund does. I mean, that is that is a wave after wave, and everybody's on the exact same page. And that's it cost us. It gave us fits, and it, it, you can see. I mean, it was it was a lot to deal with, and we just couldn't. But uh, Iguain and Benzema, I I would prefer Benzema in a game like this in a counterattacking game. Uh, Iguain strikes to me as more of a guy you want in there who, on a on a squad where you can. Keep the ball on the ground and possess it a little better, and then he's 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 good in the in the eighteen yard box in and around it. But to break out of to break out and counter like I like I'm pretty sure it was the game plan from Mourinho, given how far back his defense was sitting. I think Benzema would have been a better option. He's just better holding the ball up and combining in space to to get the counterattack going with Ronaldo and Ozil and you know Iguain. Uh, I, it was it was weird to me that Mourinho would play Higuain up there in the in the form in the format that he wanted his team to play because I, a lot of times I saw Higuain up there just running just at at the the back four just back and forth with no nobody in behind him helping him to to shift the defense or the pressure he was just up there running just to run and that is a very just, isolated figure yeah yeah it didn't, it didn't work interesting interesting so. Now we got ninety more minutes to play. We we pretty much broke down the the, the first game, and we have ninety more minutes to play. Of course, we we play Atletico Madrid on the on the Liga this Saturday, but uh, you know, allow us to say that we don't care about, at all about that game, even though it's a derby. We know Atletico Madrid is a big Real Madrid rival and everything, but all we are caring about is about the the second game against Borussia Dortmund, which, as I as we said before, we need to to give it all to to come back. Okay, things to look out for in the second leg. I mean, what would you do? 
to turn things around, Jared? Start Di Maria, start Benz, and really press for the goal in the first 10, 15 minutes. I know that's, that's pretty dangerous against Dortmund because out of the gates, those first 10 minutes, they were just lights out, full-on press, two to the ball, and it was, just, it was very intense, probably more intense than I've seen a team press like in pretty recent history. That was a, it was very impressive to watch the first 10 minutes. But I feel like if we can, if we can counterattack their counter, counterattack their transition game in the first 10, 15 minutes, that could really put the pressure on. And I think it's really going to come from Di Maria. I just feel like his work rate and his ability to, to work in tight spaces yeah. and to get forward and back, it's going to come through him. They, they know Ronaldo is the threat, but I think Di Maria – is 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 how we're gonna ride or die in in the second leg, Chris. I mean, I mean, I I know you're probably going going to agree with Jared, but what else would you do apart from trying to score in the first 15 minutes? Do would you start? Which players would you start on everything? Well, I think more important than players, which I'll get into in just a second, is just the overall cohesion and intensity. I mean, we couldn't match their intensity in Dortmund. We have to do it at the Bernabeu, if at the very least. You know, like I said, it's improbable, possible, but improbable. At the very least, I want to see this team play with some heart and go out maybe like Galatasaray did. Exactly. Like, you know, that's... That's, that's, that's the minimum we, we, we can ask this team to do, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the very least that we can we should ask and expect, really, yeah. uh, in this position for those guys wearing the white shirt. They have to... They just have to collectively and individually just pick up the intensity. I'll start Di Maria as well, and I'll go with Benzema, Ozil, and Ronaldo behind them. Kadir Alonso, everything in the, on the back line is the same, except for and then I don't know how healthy Essien will be, but I think I would, he, he'll be ready, and Arbeloa will, will not. I think he he's thanks. he's got back spasms lately, so I don't think he'll be ready. But Essien will, I think. I think yeah, the toss up there and Lopez and goal. I've, I've even looking through the comment sections on the on managing, managing Madrid, I've seen people throw Casillas' name out there, and I just ah. don't understand that at all because. I mean, Diego Lopez is the only guy who probably did what you would yeah. have expected him to do in this final game, which is he more saved a couple. Yeah, it's it's really horrible saves. that he had a good game and we still gave up four. But he has <laughs> no reason to come out. And I'll just remind you guys: I mean, the last time Dortmund played in Spain against Malaga, it was a much different Dortmund team than we saw, you know, last night and and in Dortmund. I mean, they're clear as as infallible as they may have looked last night. They're 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 not Malaga. I mean, proves that they're not. And you know how many missed opportunities and how you know how just not sharp they were in that game. It's got to give you some hope. You got to get the early goal. Got to go all up for it. And you know if they nick a goal, which is very possible, like I said, you just at least want to see them go out with some fight. The thing is, to me, Borussia Dortmund will be afraid of losing what they managed to you know to accomplish in. In 90 minutes, I think they'll be afraid to lose. Yeah. I think they... The pressure's on them, definitely. Yeah, the pressure is on them. I mean, we got nothing to lose, really, for real. I mean, I, 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 I'm even considering not starting Alonso and starting Modric because he's, he's even quicker. So, and the thing is, they have a lot of, of you know, they, they have the ticket to the final to lose, the, 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 possibly the match against Bayern de Munich. And the pressure is on them and Real Madrid needs to, you know, to... To take profit from that, I think Real Madrid can. I think that's what uh, make them suffer against Malaga a lot. They they struggle against Malaga because they were the you know 
everybody thought they were going to to win the tie. So to me, Real Madrid has a narrow chance, of course, but it's not that impossible to finish a game 3-0 when you have Cristiano Ronaldo and, and those kind of players up there. So uh, I think we need to to believe in, in this team a little bit, even though, of course, I, I, yesterday I was pretty mad with them. But, you know, it, it's the nature of, of Real Madrid as a club to, to believe in, in these kind of crazy comebacks. We've seen them before. Uh, so, one yeah. More tactical, one more tactical thing, I think. Unfortunately, this is actually a game I know I've been people are critical about my favoritism for Contrao, but this actually might have been a second yeah. leg where Marcelo would be very valuable. I feel like yeah. Marcelo either off the bench or from from the start would have been a perfect type of player for a home leg. We got to go out, we have to score goals. And he won't be ready, Jared, though. And he won't be ready. I know, and I'm saying it's very unfortunate. Yeah. I know people were saying, oh, well, Marcelo's a, our best left back, and I've been very you know pro Contrao, but this is a game. That would have been yeah, great yeah, yeah. for Marcelo, and I would have loved to see him in this game. Definitely. It's just unfortunate about the injuries. Definitely, and even though Contrao to me was, as I said before, one of the best Real Madrid players against Dortmund, but Marcelo is that great offensively that, of course, he will be a threat like he was against Manchester City in that Real Madrid comeback from a one-two score in <laughs> in three-two in probably two or three minutes only. So, okay, we will wrap it, everything up by saying that uh, Sao Paulo confirmed today that Real Madrid is trying to to finish the deal for Casemiro to stay, uh, you know, to we're going to buy Casemiro, it seems, not even, not more on, not anymore on loan, and we're probably, he, he'll probably be on the on the first team next year. I don't know if he, maybe Mourinho or whoever the coach, Real Madrid coach is, and maybe we will give him another year at, at Castilla, I'm not sure about that. But reports are saying that we're going to buy Casemiro, and reports out of France are, are saying that we are we almost have a, a done deal with with Ancelotti. Uh, do you guys think to about this to wrap it up? I think Casemiro is brilliant. To be honest, I feel like he I think he was playing in the Olympics or another U and another under twenty tournament for for Brazil. And I saw him and I thought he was very he was very calm on the ball. He had good composure for a defensive midfielder. He's kind of a little bit of what I was saying in terms of you know that Yaya Toure De Rossi type of comparison in terms of him being a, a very defensive-minded midfielder, but also one that can spray passes. I mean, I thought he was actually very good um, yeah. on the weekend. I was very impressed. And that's kind of what he's all about. He's about spreading the play, but also being very solid defensively. He's definitely not at the Kadira level, but give him two years, and I think he'll be serious competition for Kadira just because of the added, the added dimensions he gives the team in possession. Okay, Chris... Casemiro and oh well, you're an Ancelotti. Oh, Ancelotti. Ancelotti. Ugh. I'm not a big Ancelotti fan. I would, I'd rather have Laudrup. I don't even know how much he would cost because he he signed that new contract with Swansea. But I've just after watching PSG play, I don't feel like Ancelotti gets that type of fire out of a Madrid team that that we as Madrid fans and supporters demand and want to see. I just I haven't been convinced by PSG by his performances as PSG's manager. I'm just not. I'm not excited about it, to be honest. I would rather get Klopp or rather get Jurgi Lowe, a German national team coach. I know the World Cup's coming up. I feel like those two down the road are better options than Ancelotti next season. Okay, Jurgi's not excited about Ancelotti. Not excited. Not <laughs> what excited. about you, Chris? Ancelotti uh, and Casemiro. Ancelotti, 
I'm probably not all that excited about him either. Uh, <laughs> PSG, I will say, I'll give, I will give him credit with this season. PSG's looked much more like a team over the with his time there, and I think it takes some time to, with all the new pieces and a new manager, to be able to build that. But I think he's built PSG to play much better together uh, in their system since the season's come along. Really, whoever the manager is going to be next season, you know. It, yeah, it will some, be disappointing to see Mourinho go. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah I will be much. disappointed. And you know, I, I'll point out to just in the post post game press conference. I think or there's some words from Subotic over on the other side. I think he said something along the lines of, you know, all of their players bought into and believed in exactly what Klopp was trying to do. Almost like just kind of. I think he might have even used the word godlike, and you know, their reverence to him. And I, and I started to ask myself, you know, is this something that Mourinho or really any Real Madrid coach, that kind of devotion to and just, just blind, you know, blind belief and this is the system, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And I mean, that's a t- we've seen instances of, you know, with you know, our captains and other prominent Madrid players where, you know, not everybody's on the same page. You know, I, yeah. coaching future, you know, who knows? It's yeah. so tough to call. Casemiro, I haven't seen... I'm probably nearly as much of him as you guys have, just from the game at the weekend I saw. I mean, that's it's a nice signing. He can, I don't know what his ceiling is, but he's he seems pretty willing to just be a, a nice guy in the rotation. Yeah. And, he, and he didn't look overwhelmed, so uh, that's a positive to me. Yeah, so the thing about what Jared and, and Chris said is that it will be really hard to, to replace Mourinho emotionally, at least for the fans. To me, Ancelotti, of course... Ancelotti doesn't get me excited neither, but Mourinho, you know, it will be really hard to to see him go. Even though we might try to bring in Klopp, Joachim Love, uh, maybe Villas Boas, I don't care who comes. To me, it will be a, it will be really disappointing to see Mourinho go. I, I will be uh, really th- thankful for his work if he really doesn't stay at the end. And you know, I. I I, I think they have to be. I mean, look at look at the years before he came, and so many people were, yeah. were quick to try to push him out the door. Like the years before that were anywhere near as good. You know, they weren't. You know? Yeah, yeah. Mourinho's been here three seasons, and to me, I will be a, a, a you know whoever team Mourinho Mourinho coaches. I will be a fan of that team after Real Madrid. Uh, I will. Uh, I wish Mourinho the best in the future if he doesn't stay. Even if he goes to well, not 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 if he goes to Barcelona for sure. But <laughs> if he goes anywhere, if he goes anywhere else, I wish him the best, and I wish he can get the success he didn't bring here more than than a Liga and a Copa del Rey. Okay, guys, it was exciting and really, uh, you know, encouraging to to talk with you after yesterday's terrible game. We'll probably talk and do another one after Tuesday's game. Maybe we will be, you know, uh, fighting fi- firecrockers if Real Madrid manages to to come back and everything. And let's... I will do something crazy if we can pull this. Off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, it will be it will be really exciting to to see our team going through. So it was really exciting to see you and and to talk to you, Jared. No, definitely. Thank you. And yeah. Well... Next week, it's the it's the magic comeback. We have to believe. Come on, it's, prediction. Come on, gotta believe. Oh, prediction. Prediction oh, time. Put me on the spot. Oh, right. Okay. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Prediction is going to be very disappointing for everybody. Three one. Ronaldo two goals. 
and oh, wow. Varane a header and a goal for Marco Royce outside the box, upper ninety. <laughs> for real? Yeah. I mean, I, you're you're saying that to tease us, no? I'm sorry, but I feel like we can score. That that defense is vulnerable. But, but, but you're saying we're going to be three three goals up, and we're going oh, no. to lose oh, the no. tie oh, in no. the last oh, minute. Oh no, we're, it's going to be three one. We're going to score two. They're going to score one, and then we'll score one. Oh, okay. Late. It's going to well, be Ronaldo tapping late. Well, that would be a little bit easier than than to lose in the last minute, like Malaga did. Okay, Chris, come on, be a little bit more optimistic. <laughs> All right, I'm struggling whether to tell you my brain pick or my heart pick. Well, nah, Jared, gave, Jared gave his brain pick. I'll give you my heart pick. We're gonna okay, win three one. Hasta el final, vamos Madrid. You know, <laughs> it's gonna be Ronaldo with the brace, and you know, I think Xabi Alonso will hit a bomb from outside the box. Just, oh wow! Just, okay, just to. Just to pick himself back up from his poor performance. Awesome. And I'm done. That's it. I would, I would love it. I would love it. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> no, this, yeah, this is my prediction. Ronaldo scores four and, and breaks Ooh. Lewandowski's record. Wow. <laughs> and we keep a clean sheet. No, no, re really. I think we'll, we'll, if we come back, well, come on, straight on prediction, 3-0. Maybe two from Ronaldo and a late goal in the, late in the 80 or, or 85 minutes from from a corner kick maybe from Baran or, or Ramos you know let, let's do it a little bit easier okay guys it, it was a pleasure to talk to you and we'll see you next week Hello Madrid guys Hello Madrid Hello Madrid